Good morning, good morning. Breakfast today is sponsored by Sunny Dewar in honor of the Kahal and wishing the entire Kahal Aslaha. Breakfast is also sponsored by Simon Simatov, dedicated in honor of his family in Israel, Durora, Yochi, Tirza, and Miki. And uh, as well, there was one more, wasn't there? Um, I don't remember. Okay. Um, regardless, we'd like to start off by wishing everyone a Chodesh Tov and as well a Mazal Tov to uh, our uh, dear little baby Baruch Ben Yitzhak, Azako Baruch, on, uh, on, on, his name, on his name today. Um, Rabotai, the parasha begins and opens with a pasuk. Ele toldot Noach, these are the generations of Noach. Noach ish tzadik, Noach was a righteous man. The, uh, the Pesikta Zutra brings a beautiful and a, and a magnificent dirasha. Why does it say, Ele toldot Noach, Noach ish tzadik, two times? Listen to this line. Shne pe'amim Noach, Noach. Noach libor'o, he was Noach, he was comforting. He was nice libor'o to his master, to bore olam. Noach libiriot, and he was nice and comfortable and, uh, uh, and gracious to the biriot, to all the other creations of this world. Kiditnan, like it says in, the, in Masechet Avot, kol shiruach habiriot nohem menu, anyone that the spirit of the creations uh, is happy and is uh, 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 satisfied with him. You want to know if God loves you? Ask yourself, do people love you? If people love you, God loves you. If people hate you, barminan. We'll leave it over there. So therefore, what does it say? These are the generations of Noach. Noach ish tzaddik. He was a, a, a man who was a tzaddik. Tamim, he was whole. He was pure, he was innocent, and finally, he was Eta Elohim Noach. He walked with God. Now, I want to expand this idea of Noach, Noach, because we find it in, uh, in many different contexts. And I'd like to begin with the words of Rav Baruch Mordechai Ezrahi. Rav Baruch Mordechai describes a fantastic idea. He says, Everybody is busy with the idea of what is a tzaddik, what is a tamim. What does Eta Elohim Noach? What do each one of these things mean? But everyone forgets the most important word that we say, Noach Ish. Noach is a mensch. Okay? We started our week with this idea. But Rabotai, I want to drill down a little bit deeper into this concept of what this means uh, and how this applies in a, in a day-to-day life. There was a, a Rosh Hashiva, his name was Rav Shmuel Rozovsky. And one day there's a knock at his office door and there's a father there standing at the door and asking to be seen. The, the Rosh Hashiva brings him in and he says, listen, somebody suggested this shidduch for my daughter. I need, to, uh, I need to speak to you. And he says, okay. And he says, let me tell, tell me about this boy. You know, what time does he get up in the morning for shacharit? He says, uh, this, he answers him. What time does he come to the seder? He answers him. Does he have study partners in the afternoon in between first seder and second seder, you know, the free time. Is he learning with his free time? Rosh Shiva answers him. What time does he go to bed at night? Rosh Shiva answers him. Uh, you know, when he sits in the shi'ur, where's his seat in the shi'ur? Does he sit in the front or in the back? Hada is asking him, Shmona Yisrael. I know, 18 questions and then an extra one for good luck. 19 questions, the Rosh Shiva counts that the guy asks him about this boy. Each one he answers patiently. Finally he finishes, the Rosh Shiva says, you done? He says, yes. He says, you asked me a lot of questions. Now it's my turn. He says, you asked me all these questions about how he prays and how he studies and how smart he is, etc., etc." He says, but you didn't ask me when he comes into his dorm room at night and the light's off, does he turn the light on? 
when he comes into his dorm room and it's late at night and he's the last one there, does he take his shoes off before he comes into the room to make sure that he's walking with his socks, that he's not going to wake anybody up? You didn't ask me when he comes to the table, uh, what's it called, at dinner time and there's a platter in the middle for everybody, does he pick it up and hand it to somebody else or does he take for himself first? This guy, yeah, and he feels he's a Kohen Gadol. What is, what is the person's hitnagut, his interaction with every single person around him? Because bottom line, he said, your daughter's not going to marry the Gemara. And your daughter's not going to marry his Sidur. But your daughter's going to suffer if late at night, when he walks into the bedroom, he flips on the lights because he can't be, he's not worried about uh, Ben Adam the Havero. Your daughter's going to pay the price, he says to him, if, uh, if the guy is always thinking about himself during mealtimes. These are the questions he said sh- you should have asked me. Now, I, when I was growing up, I always thought, that the idea of that question was, of this story was, he was telling him that this was the more important part. But really, that's not the point. That's not the point at all, Rabotai. It doesn't indicate anything whatsoever. And let me, allow me to explain a little bit uh, what I mean. <clears throat> On the one side of Noah, we read about the fact that he's issues a mensch. On the other side, we read about the fact that Noah walks with God. How come the guy, when he came to this rabbi, how come those questions were wrong? Surely those questions were also important questions to ask. So I want to give you one more story, and from there I'd like to draw a very powerful inference, and as well, uh, a little bit of Musar to get us through our day as well. There was a, uh, a father in old Lithuania, okay? He was a, yeshi, he was a he straight through and through, um, you know, uh, a product of the Muslim movement. He comes to visit his son, and he knocks on the door of the yeshiva, they let him in, and they say, would you like us to take you to see your son? He says, no thank you, I just came to see, check on how he's doing. They said, okay, we'll take you to him, he's in the Beit Midrash. He says, it's okay, no need. He says, could you take me to his dorm room? He goes to his dorm room. He looks to check that his bed is made. He checks to see if the shoes are next to each other under the bed. He checks the closet to see that everything is folded nicely. He said, he must be doing wonderful closes the closet, closes the door, and goes home without seeing his son. Now, I think the story is a little bit extreme if you ask me, <laughs> but the point of it is magnificent. Because you could have someone who's getting up every single morning on time for shacharit. And you could have someone who studies Torah all the time. But it's not just that you don't know how he's going to be with other people. That's not the only point. The point is that I don't also know what his Torah means to him. I don't know what his tefillah means to him. You have certain people, they come to synagogue, they love the social aspect of it. Now, if you think that that's crazy, if, you've never, if you think that that's crazy, you may never have heard of something called a social drinker. Has anyone here heard of a social drinker? You heard of a social smoker? Had that never smokes a cigarette ever. The only time he smokes a cigarette is if he's with 10 other guys and they're smoking a cigarette. He never takes a drink ever. The only time he takes a drink is if he has a drink with a few people on Shabbat morning. Yeah, and he, he's not a drinker. He's a person who loves to socialize. Now, when you're socializing with people and, you, and they're doing something, so sometimes you want to do what they're doing in order to be part of the gang. But meanwhile, the, is he a drinker? He's not a drinker. Is he a smoker? He's not a smoker. Rabotai, is this boy a learner? He may not be a learner. Is he a person who's a prey? He may not be someone who prays. Happens to be 
that the social conditioning, either the nature of the fact that his friends are in the synagogue means that he goes to shul. But if all of his friends decide to hajjah, they're going to the casino instead of going to Arbit, every night the guy's in the casino. You see, if, it's, if that's true, and a person wants to know the nature of somebody else, how could I know, how could I understand for myself what your intentions are with regard to something that's between you and God? How could I know how you pray? And how could I know how you study? Rav Shmuel Rizovsky said, there's only one thing that I as a human being can understand about you and know about you. And that is if I could witness whether or not people love you. Then says the Mishnah in Avot, then I know that you are Ahuv also lemala. That's the only thing that I could check and know for sure. So if I see, I hang out with you and I know that I love you, I know also that God loves you. And I know that you must have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Fascinating idea. So Rav Shmuel Rozovsky wasn't telling me he asked the wrong questions. He was saying he asked the wrong questions to be able to determine the nature of this person's spiritual self. Because everything else, there's no way that you could ever know if this person is just putting on a show or not. Rabotai, we've all had enough uh, situations in our life where we've seen someone that we thought was very, very spiritual because of the outward clothing of their actions. And then something happens and you're like, you actually realize that that's not the case. And on the flip side, you have scenarios where you meet someone and you can't imagine that the person is very religious from the way that they dress or the way that they speak. And then comes out a Yirat Shamaim that you never believed could possibly be there. I'm fond of telling the story, I mentioned it in Shabbat Shuvah, of a woman uh, in Panama. I went on there, they had a boat, and I went on this, this uh, couple, this family's boat. They do, we went out for a trip on their boat, and we get out on their boat, and she's brought all this double-wrapped kosher food from the restaurant, and she puts it out on the plate. She says, I'm really sorry, I'm serving you on plastic plates, on paper plates. I said, what are you talking about? On a boat. Like, you know, this is not what I'm thinking about. You know, the, the material upon which you're serving me. Delicious food that you bought from a restaurant, double wrapped to make sure I'd be comfortable with it. That's not what I'm thinking about. She says, no, I feel bad. She says, because I have dishes on the boat. I said, okay. She, she said, but they're Pesach dishes. I said, you have your Pesach dishes on the boat. What do you make? The sand in the middle of the ocean? You know, like what, what's the... She says, no, Rabbi, you know... I have my Pesach dishes, but I'm nervous if they're in the house. What happens if someone, like by mistake, uses them for chametz? So in order that no one should get mixed up with them, every year after Pesach, I pack up all the dishes, I take them to the boat, and I lock them on the boat. I said, Mehila, you know, you could also lock them in your house. Like normal people, religious rabbis, they put a piece of tape, they put it in a closet, they write Pesach on the box, that's enough. You know, you don't have to go Majnun. She said, Rabbi, still, I'm nervous. Pesach, chametz is so important. Here's a person, it's a regular person. And, and she's so strict. And she has so much, she has so much. Why do you think she was zochet to the yacht? <laughs> you understand? Rabbi I want you to understand. I want you to understand that the true metal of a person, quite often, is not, it's very, very difficult to notice. Now, when we find this idea, he just explained to us that that's why it has two different names one after the other but the funny thing is we find it quite often in the Torah Avraham, Avraham and Hashem calls Moshe, Moshe 
When God calls to Moshe from the, from the burning bush. Every time you find that God calls a person by these two names, so Chazal tell us that that's a lashon, an expression of great chiba, of great warmth and connection with God. Do you understand what that means? Mm-hmm. Now here's the funny part, and I love this idea. I, I just want to share it to you because it's a gift. The Sepharim tell us that when it says Avraham, Avraham, the reason why he's called Avraham, Avraham is because in Shamaim a person has a name, their name in heaven. It represents their spiritual self. But most often, the name of your spiritual self in heaven and your name here on earth don't match. Because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shiny things in this world that get us distracted, unfortunately. And therefore, we let ourselves down. And our name, you know, Shlomo, who I could be in Shamayim, really is not matched by the Shlomo I am here on earth. But there's a great expression of warmth from God. When God can say, Avraham, Avraham. Avraham on high is the same as Avraham down low, down below. Moshe, Moshe. And in each instance, I want you to think about the fact that when the Torah mentions these people, it's actually singling them out for something magnificent that only they in the whole world experience. Noah over here is saved from the whole world. He's going to be put into a teva. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to right. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be singled out as the prophet of all prophets to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. Avraham, Avraham, he's going to be singled out for the greatest test ever, which is going to result in his children being chosen to be the chosen nation, Am Yisrael, Rabotai. But it's not only for Noah and for Avraham and for Shilomo and for Moshe Rabbeinu to, uh, to do that. It's not just for rabbis and prophets and avot, and it's for every single person to strive for. And one of the ways that a person strives for this, and this is actually quite interesting, is Noach Lemata, it's a sign that Noach Lemala. But it's not just that. The Chinuch writes that the reason why God created the world where every single person has parents. God could have created the world however he wanted. He didn't have to have parents. You know, you could agree, same way you have an orange grows from the ground, God could have made it a human being would grow from the ground. You know, to us it sounds crazy, but that's just because it's not the world that we live in. God could have created it anyway. Why does every person, why does he have parents? And he says, so that a person should be able to have in his world a paradigm, an understanding of a being that gives him everything unconditionally and selfish, selflessly. And if I could see that person and give them kavod, kibud avaim, then I could also give true kavod to my father in heaven. So therefore, what we're reading into the Chinuch is that a person's interpersonal relationships, not only are they a sign that he's genuine with God, but it also actually helps him with his relationship with God. It helps him be able to understand that there's someone that gives to him and show appreciation and gratitude. And when you do that, then what happens? I remember once I was at someone's house and they said, Du Amazon. I said, I just want to thank our hosts. They said, no, no, after Berkat Amazon, you should thank Hashem first. I said, the truth is, I should thank Hashem first. But how am I going to thank Hashem if I don't learn how to thank Hashem from thanking you? Which is what the Chinuch tells us. So what is Noach? Noach is Noach Lebiriot. He is 
comforting, he is warm to the Biryot, to everyone around him. And from that as well stems his Noach, his Eta Elohim et Noach, which is the final words in, in, in that sentence. May we be Zochet to be uh, a, a, uh, a mirror of ourselves on high the best possible version of our spiritual selves. May we be zochet to climb that ladder by recognizing that every interaction with another human being that is placed before us on this earth is God telling you, here, let me help you. Here's your, this is how you exercise this muscle. This is how you exercise that muscle. I'm sending you this person. I'm sending you this person that makes you want to lose your temper. You know what you should do when you see that person? Look at the person and say to yourself, ha Yes, Sahara, you're not fooling me. I know that it's not you, David, that's trying to rile me up. This is Borei Olam. This is God Himself. How do you want to respond to God, to God's challenge in the form of this person? And once you think that thought, all of a sudden it becomes much easier to be Noach Lemata, to be Noach Leberiot, because you recognize that actually. That's what's going on upstairs. Rabbi Tai and I'll end with this line. It says, Eta Elohim, Eta Noach, that Noach walked with God. When a person sees God's hand in their life, I hear this all the time. People say, Rabbi, I have the biggest, such a strong connection with God. I'm so spiritual. I always see God in my life. God does this, you don't know. I met this person, they did this, they said that. Who, how did they know that? Where did this come from? And you see, the Imunah really shines through. And I always say to them the same thing. I say, when you tell me about these things happening to you, that is God walking with you. Talk to me about how you walk with God. What are you doing to illustrate to God that you're walking with Him? When a miracle happens to you, that indicates that Hashem is walking with you. But what are you doing to God to show Him that you walk with Him everywhere you go, that you recognize that the difficult customer or co-worker or brother or sister is not Him, it's God. That the challenge at the business, the, the, the loss that you made is God. That everything is God. When a person walks that way, Noach Lemata, they become Noach Lemala. And the, uh, the funniest thing about that is that in each one of these scenarios, the Noach, the Avraham, the Moshe Rabbeinu, what do they experience? They experience salvation. Each one of these people was saved. Why were they saved? Why was Noah saved from the flood? Abraham saved from the furnace? Moshe Rabbeinu saved from being killed uh, by the sword of Paro? Why? Because trouble and danger and problems and sickness and death belong to this world. But if I have another passport, because I exist also somewhere else, and I'm plugged into my name on high, then that itself is a Yeshua, it's a salvation from the problems of this world. If a person works at that, it helps them navigate around the pitfalls and the challenges that life throws at them. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Chodesh Tov. Rabbi